0: Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. I am your host, Kyle Pagan. Do me a favor. Hit that thumbs up for me under the video. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. I'm joined today right now by Bob Wankel. Let's bring him on. Kevin Kincaid should be on later. I think he's doing something. Oh, here he comes. Kevin Kincaid just got in. I think he was dealing with a, a plumber or an excavator or a basement guy. What were you dealing with over there besides a the sickness, Kev?
1: Oh no! Can you guys hear me? I can't see anything.
2: Yeah, we can hear you. <laughs>
1: oh, okay. All I see is a frozen screen and like a pink background. Um, I'm just gonna have to vamp here. Yeah, I apologize. I am am recovering from a sinus infection, and I had a dishwasher repair man just leave the house. Hmm. How do you do? Uh, good. We had a we had a clogged uh, drain line. Hmm. Yeah. And we have a latch that's not working properly. It's not latching correctly. Pagan. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So buying a home worth it or not worth it? Oh, absolutely. It's still worth it. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's all, all the right. money that you pay, man. It's an investment. It's a, unlike, it just goes to your landlord and then you you get, you only get two things back Jack and shit, you know, when you move that's out. It's true. Yeah,
0: that is true. But yeah. Hey, the property values right now in Philadelphia are skyrocketing. I don't see me. I might have to join you boys
1: sometime shortly yeah oh there you are i see you guys now okay oh i'm off centered. i apologize for that all right yeah, it's all been right. quite a week for me over here i apologize anthony did a good job with you on tuesday i thought thank you tuesday's uh, crossing broadcast yeah
0: i'll be sure to report that back to ant i appreciate yeah. that thanks to harry Mays for coming on and everything today uh, we, have bob, we have bob wankle so
1: bob wankle what's on bring tv
2: bringing in the big guns
1: What's on TV back there? You got GMFB. Going yeah, we got a
2: little uh, GMFB. We're on like the third, the third cycle of it this morning. Yeah. I
0: think Good Morning Football is the new ESPN Sports Center for me. You know, when you used to stay home sick from work and everything, you'd watch the same exact Sports Center. You see the same top ten. I put Good Morning Football on yesterday. I watched it four straight
2: times through. Yes, well, I'll tell you what. I actually really enjoy the show. It's it's good banter back and forth. It's informative. They do debate, but it's not like that fraudulent, cooked up debate mm-hmm. where you have to be one extreme or the other. Like there's some like nuance to it. I, I highly recommend the show. It's a good show.
0: Pete Schrager uh-huh. loves Crossing Broad.
2: Yeah, we it's love Pete Schrager. Crazy. Thank you for yeah. Pete. Yeah. Shout out first. the
1: Schrags for giving us a mention. He must have saw our Miles Sanders story, right? That. And, and then, then Jamal
0: Singleton, the the Eagles running back coach, followed the uh counts. So no no uh Tool. No negative stories about the running backs coach for at least a week. We have to at least, right, uh, yeah. acclimate him in a little yeah. bit.
1: I don't think I had anything planned to rip <laughs> Jamal Singleton. I don't think I was going to criticize him on the site, but I'll just triple check if I was going to rip him for anything. I'll make sure I pull, pull back from that. You know? Yeah, I we'll want to do
0: a, a, a quick keyword search to see if we got any anti-Jamal Singleton propaganda. Yeah. Oh, man, did I site.
1: criticize this guy? On the page? I'll send a staff-wide memo. Nobody is to criticize Jamal Singleton for a, at least a full week, and then we'll go from there. You know. No negative things, yeah.
0: Speaking of people criticizing, let's get into it. A little around the water cooler is what I'm going to call this segment. We're just going to go over things that we've written on the site. we got to start off with the Michael Parsons comments. I know, I think we have the quote right here, but everyone has seen them. The Michael Parsons comments on Von Miller's show. I know Kevin, I feel like he's going to call this a nothing burger. I feel like this is right up Kevin's alley. But here is the quote from uh, Michael Parsons on the Von Miller broadcast uh is it hurts or the team Miller gave credit to Hertz and the team saying it's a little bit of both Parsons double down arguing it's system and team I'm not trying to make no enemies Parsons explained on the Voncast I just love the game so much and I understand it so much that when things are off I just can't hold it in I've almost got to say something so like I I didn't think the first first couple of of comments were bad like I'm not trying to make enemies well dude it's, it's Cowboys versus Eagles like The minute a cowboy says something about an eagle, it's going to make headlines. But when he said that uh, I just love the game so much and I understand it so much that when things are off, that's when I was like, you know what? He's taking a shot at Jalen because he doesn't think that a guy who made it, who was a second round pick, who got benched at Alabama, who had to transfer schools, who didn't really show flashes last year. There's no chance that he can take a step up and
1: become an MVP candidate. What do you think about this, Cap? Is it a nothing burger? No, it's not a nothing burger, but I think it's it makes me think uh, back specifically to the first Eagles-Cowboys games, game where a large part of their uh, approach offensively was to option the shit out of Micah Parsons and just read right. him on the edge you know, they had a third and three conversion in that game and they had a fourth and three conversion in that game where they just ran like little RPO at him and left him unblocked and let him, you know, make a decision on whether he was going to come or whether he was going to stay. And then they just burned him for like 15 yards on each play. He looked like shit the first game. Yeah. And he was um,
0: neutralized until Lane Johnson went out with a concussion. And then all of a sudden he started making an impact on the game.
1: Yeah. And it's funny too, because it's like, um, you know, he, he he got cooked with basic college concepts. Like this is stuff they've been doing in college for forever. You know, so when he says system, um, to me it just suggests that's where my mind went first was that he was just a little salty about the way that the first game played out because they were just leaving him unblocked and making him the read, <clears throat> yeah, making him the RPO RPO or the zone read option guy. You know, so it's like, can can any quarterback do? I think what he's saying is that like any quarterback, if you have the the players around you and you're running like college concepts at this level can do that that's what i interpreted it to mean but it's funny man because you had like so many amazing college quarterbacks who were doing that kind of stuff it never amounted to anything in the nfl like jalen hurts is the is the final evolution of uh pat white and and dennis dixon and and tim tebow right like doing all of this option stuff zone read rpo and and uh you know, spread QB draw kind of kind of concepts, but at the same time, he's throwing, dropping dimes into AJ Brown. He literally had yeah. it with
0: Chase, Trace McSorley, his own quarterback at Penn State, like doing the same as that kind of offense. But this is the thing: yeah. what I don't like yeah. is like I kind of look at Michael Parsons as a system linebacker. Like it must be amazing just to be able to blitz the quarterback all the time, like and not be able to drop into zone coverage. Because when he gets dropped into zone coverage, we see exactly what happened the first time they played the Eagles, and he gets absolutely embarrassed. Bob, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't care what Micah Parsons has to say, but I do think it's kind of interesting that people read this and say, you know, he didn't really mean that much disrespect. It was kind of paying a compliment to both Hertz and the team. Like, you called it out, man. Like when he says, I'm so smart, I know football so well. I I know more than so many other people that when I see, when I see this type of talk, I just can't, I can't contain myself. I gotta call it out. So what he's saying is that every time that he turns on, you know, whatever show it is ever that he hears people talking about the end. Oh, so it's so preposterous that Jalen hurts is, is the favorite. I mean, it's I, I thought it was utterly disrespectful.
1: I, I can see that man, because it's like, you're going to credit every single other person except for the one guy. Right. So yeah, by process of elimination, as we lose Bob. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, it'd be seen as disrespectful, you know, but, um, I think it's uh it's interesting too if you go back to the video of that because they're kind of like laughing at each other the whole time almost like I'm not saying what I'm saying and like you know what I'm saying man like they like they were kind of like speaking telepathically to one another about they understood what it meant they're not the Eagles are not running like a complicated offense man they're running like college stuff they're running zonery. they're running RPO I mean like I remember when um Remember Owen Schmidt who played for the Eagles for like a season? You know, the big you know Dude,
0: he sp- he was, threw, yeah, he threw his yeah. helmet on his forehead, started bleeding. Yeah, he was the first one to ever do that.
1: Yeah, I remember this is people probably laughed because they're like, oh, here's Kincaid talking about West Virginia again. But I just go back to what I know and what I'm familiar with. I remember there was a quote from him saying that like Rich Rodriguez ran like five plays when West Virginia was really good back then. They were like zone zone read left, zone read right, RPO left, RPO right. And they had like a you know a couple passing plays in there. It's not to say that their playbook was only five plays total, but they kept hammering the same shit over and over and over again. And really, like, the Eagles do kind of do that, you know? Like, they're not throwing stuff at people that you've, you've never seen before. And I think that's, like, the frustration in Micah Parsons' case is, like, okay, this is such a simple bullshit college thing, and yet I'm getting optioned here. You know, I think so it's because here.
0: they have so many weapons too that they're able to just run this easy college offense.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. Cause I mean, it's like you don't, if you, you know, the, what a good example is, man, if you look at like the Giants, right, who the Eagles just played, and you look at like how creative Mike Kafka and these guys have to get to scheme these guys open and do all this crazy stuff because they don't have the talent for it. The Eagles are ta- more talented than pretty much every other team, every other offense at like almost every position. So they don't have to get cra- crazy. They don't have to get fancy. You know, they can just run, run this simple kind of stuff. And that, if, if that annoys Michael Parsons then uh so be it you know
0: See, you actually just you actually just went to my next point that I wanted to make yeah. the thing this year and I and I don't know if it's it's just this year it's been happening a lot in the past but everyone who feels like they cover the NFL the media the reporters and they analyze the NFL they believe quarterbacks that have a good team is bad for their MVP case like I feel like it, every time we talk about Patrick Mahomes, we talk about uh, Jalen Hurts, especially this year, where it's like, yay, he's good, but you know, he didn't do anything last year. But look at the guys that they added, and now he's a good player. So it was, it's kind of like the Michael Parsons comments. Is it the team, or is it Jalen Hurts? When it's like, why do you think Dak had such a good year last year? Like, Obviously, he was out six weeks this year, but he had Amari Cooper. He had CeeDee Lamb to throw to. He had a healthy Michael Gallup. He had a great offensive line. Yeah. They're acting this year like Patrick Mahomes doesn't have like one of the best tight ends of all time. Or Juju Smith Schuster, who's going to probably hit 1,000 yards receiving by the end of the year. Or even Marquez Valdes scantling who was catching passes from one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time last year. It's not like they had these. And then you have Andy Reid, who's one of the best offensive minds ever calling plays. It's not like. And they, they talk about Patrick Mahomes like he has nothing and he's doing this all on his own. And I feel like that's why that's the only argument they have for Patrick Mahomes right now. When they look at Jalen Hurts, they'll be like, yeah, but he's got Devontae Smith. He's got, you know, he's got A.J Brown. He's got Dallas Goddard. He's got Miles Sanders. He's
1: got a great offensive line. It's like,
0: yeah, because you know he's got a good team. Like that's okay.
1: Well, and the, and the, that's that's the thing, Kyle, where the eye test comes into play. You know, and like Jalen Hurts is very clearly, obviously, passed the eye test this year. He's not throwing like. Uh, excuse me. Let me mute my phone here. He's not throwing like. Uh, you know dink and dunk shit down the field he's not like chewing teams up like five or ten yards at a time like he's throwing beautiful back shoulder passes to aj brown he's finding Devontae smith on intermediate um routes you know he's not uh it's, it's he's not throwing bu- bubble screens that are then being taken for 30 or 40 yards this is not like or chip kelly's oregon where you just had superior athletes like across the board. it's just like i get it to him in space and this guy's gonna cook the uh you know shitty cornerback from like uh utah state or whatever you know i mean like they are like they are it's not just like college stuff that they're chewing him up with he's dropping back and he's he's playing like an elite pocket passer at the same time so i, I that's that's what i what i look at when i when i see that you know um i just think the you know when you add what hurts is doing on the ground um to me like i mean we're biased i don't i don't know but like to You're me biased, but it. like
0: there's also i've talked about this where it's like They've answered every question offensively.
1: They've beaten you on the ground. They've beaten you through
0: the air. Like, this is this is what's happening. Like, you, you have all these questions about Jalen Hurts. We, we had them all. We were – remember the beginning of the year, it was like, I want to like Hurts, but I don't think he's the franchise quarterback. It's like, he's great mentally, leader, preparedness, like everything. But can he, you know, read – you know, can he read defenses? Can he stay in the pocket and throw? Can he look at the second level? Can he look at the second guy if the first guy is not open? He's answered every single question. And that's why I feel yeah. like this bullshit about like we just keep moving the goalpost back. Like, well, he's got A.J. Brown. Well, he's got Devontae Smith. Well, he's got a great offensive line. It's yeah. like he's beaten he's beating teams running on the ground. You know, he's beaten teams through the air. And I think at some point you just got to be like, you know what, this Jalen Hurts guy, he's pretty good. He's a franchise quarterback. What do you think about people worried that um, worried about paying him? I've seen a couple. I've, I feel like I've seen a couple things. I, I talked about Dan Silio, He said it. Obviously, that guy's kind of just a, you know, he's he's lumped into I think just a bunch of people who just hate on Jalen Hurts, you know, Ter- for the last two years. Ter- um, but people are are starting to be like, yeah, you know, the, is the sample size big enough to pay Jalen Hurts? What do you think about
1: that argument? Well. I mean, what's the alternative? you know yeah are you gonna go away go away from him? you know <laughs> like, oh, we're gonna take our chance on on the draft i you know, or we're gonna trade for well after russell after the way that Russell Wilson looks now, I think that's kind of warding people away from go, from going for the veteran and giving up a bunch of assets. yeah, I mean you know look i mean part of it if let's not be naive like the fact that they are not paying hurts a lot of money this year allowed them to go out and, and be flush with one year free agents mm-hmm. this year like we're not naive to that fact that if this was carson wentz still here then james bradbury and kaiser white and you know cj gardner johnson like you're not gonna have room for all those dudes but that's every other team's every team's living in the same salary cap world you know what i mean it's so, like you stumble upon a quarterback that you draft who's on the rookie minimum scale you try to maximize your window while you can sure you know and you know if if jalen hurts isn't worth being paid i don't know what the alternative is i don't think the alternatives any any better going to try to like take another crapshoot in the draft and like uh you know try to ride like a young kid and just you know do this you know keep try to keep the salary cap where it is with that kind of stuff i don't i don't, I don't know man this is this is the cycle of pay a quarterback let him go pay a quarterback let him go so i, I can't if anybody's got an argument for not paying jalen hurts i would love to hear it
0: well this uh, deck and Jay goes pay Hertz unless he craps the bed in the playoffs. I I disagree with that. I mm-hmm. think they've already even decided that Hertz is getting – I think they have this number in mind, and they're like, Hertz is getting this no matter what at the end of the year. Here's what I look at it as. A couple of things. You're going to look at the sample size, and you're going to think Carson Wentz. You're going to think Carson Wentz because he had that one good 2017 year where we were like all, everyone was paying, paying, paying. We were all gung-ho about Carson Wentz. Yeah. Here's a couple of things. We've already talked about it a million times. Jalen Hurts is having a better 2022 than Carson Wentz is having a 2027. Jalen Hurts also can command a locker room. You know, it's not like 60% of the guys like Jalen Hurts, 20% are indifferent, 20% are like, get this guy out of my fucking face. We've all heard the stories now. We've all heard, you know, the Darren Sproles story about him stepping to Carson during the Super Bowl run. Carson's admitted he had to be a better teammate and not Jalen Hurts will never be a bad teammate. There was this thing from John Clark that came out today that was just like everybody just waxing poetic about how much he's always at NovaCare from Nick Sirianni to Jordan Milata to um, AJ Brown to Lane Johnson like these guys love Jalen Hurts. You could just you could just tell every time they yeah. talk about him. And then thirdly, Capture Domus, man. Howie Roseman already told you he can get he can get off a bad contract yeah. and he can have you being 12 and 1 in two years. So whatever how Howie can do whatever he whatever he wants, really. So if they do pay Jalen 40, 45, 50 over 50, which I don't think it's probably going to be in the 40 to 50 million a year range, first it's going to be chump change in two to three years. Salary caps going up. We're not going to run into a pandemic again. Yeah. Hopefully not. Maybe the yep. tridemic. Um <laughs> and then and then Howie Roseman can, you know get a team to give him a first round with condition or a first rounder with conditional, uh, yeah conditional yeah. language, you know, in the past. So pay the man his money. He's earned it. He's deserved it. Craps the bed in the playoffs still deserves it. You're exactly right. What's the alternative? Well,
1: we'll and get- the worst, and here's the thing too, like you can't put a dollar amount on those intangibles, you know, mm-hmm. how much, how much in contract terms, how much is it worth in contract terms to have a quarterback that's just a hard worker that everybody loves, mm-hmm. you know? How many quarterbacks are there even like that in the league? You know? I, I mean, and that's everything we all identified that right from the jump, you know, when he was signed or when he, you know, he was drafted, you know, how much everybody everybody loved him. So you can't you got to factor in that kind of stuff too at the same time. And look, you know, worst case scenario, Howie Roseman uh dropped the dime to Meek Mill a couple of days ago. So he could come in and play backup. We get Rubin, Michael Rubin could replace James Bradbury. Uh, you yeah, have the sleigh Slay, sleigh Ruben combo there, how right up Meek there with Mil- Lino and Sheldon. Yeah,
0: how about Meek Mill running routes like half the wide receivers that Howie Roseman drafted in his lifetime? <laughs> I
2: mean, he, he had uh, Craig. I
0: think we have the video. He yeah. had Ruben yeah. beat to the outside, came back around in, and it's just you know, uh, it's it's.
1: Well, know, that's it's, a good it's, question. It's, I mean, would you take? Would you rather have Meek Mill or J Jaw? You know, here. I mean, that is a sick double move. Right there, you know. The slowest I fucking mean, double move I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's let me, Howard let me
0: dropped it right in the breadbasket. He's gonna he's gonna cut Ian job, book.
1: Yeah. And he's gonna get he's gonna get some some Take 14 to give up two first rounds. Re-rack it. Run. Re-rack it right here. Look at this get off from Meek. First of all, he's the in three point <laughs> chances. <laughs> 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 I like <laughs> I like how he does a little shake left, shake right, and then he tries to do another one even though he could have just cooked Ruben right there, but he, he tries to juke and he runs right into the guy. Now Gee. compare that, compare that to another person who played on this very field right here. Um, that is true. <laughs> that is true. Do you, do you feel faster yeah.
0: on that field, Kev?
1: Um, I liked playing on that field. Yeah. I felt good. Um, I, I, you know, I'm sore the next couple of days afterwards for sure. But I, uh
0: the me getting into the three-point stance, like he's yeah. running Barry Switzer's wishbone <laughs> offense,
1: was. It was the nice see the receiver part. getting down in a three-point stance. I mean, Jesus Christ! Man.
0: And did you hear his? Did you did you watch the video? And his buddies like ooh and, and on over his three-point stance. Is like that's too many yes yeah. men. Too many yes like men to, in, in the group. I right like to,
1: now see, look at this. Look, let's let's compare lateral cuts here. One. Oh man. You think and the guy's print his
0: hamstring up off the
1: uh off the turf yet? The breakaway speed. I, I there was a bunch of guys who were like, Oh, you did a good job, yo, juking these girls. <laughs> it's like a, it's like, listen, for for my age and for the level of competition, I think this was pretty good.
0: I thought it was very impressive, and the guy had wide receiver gloves. So you got to say that he has to have that flag right. Yeah, there. going like to bring wide receiver to it, gloves. There, right. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. You got to make that tackle. Yeah, um, Chris O'Connell here. Not a great uh, toss, but uh, I feel like we developed kind of like a kinship with Chris O'Connell because we uh, shared a lot of stuff together during the World Series, did we not? He was. We did. Was, no, uh, Chris yeah.
0: O'Connell. Chris O'Connell yeah. and us have a
1: nice, yeah. a nice little partnership. You got to get Chris O'Connell on the crossing broadcast. We should hit him up. Yeah, maybe we will. Yeah, we, maybe we, will. we will. Yeah he'll probably have to go the corporate route. I'll have to ask some PR dipshit at Fox if he can come on and they'll have to Mm -hmm. like, you know, approve it and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, There's
0: a, there's a Super Bowl run. He'll, he'll muddy it up with, uh, with whoever we're playing in
1: Glendale. He's, he's good at doing that. Chris is like that quarterback back in the day who can throw it a mile, but can't do a handoff. Can't do like a, (laughs) (laughs) can't do like a quick pitch or something. You know what I mean? Forget what that guy's name was, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's funny. Um, Howie, not bad. Um, Howie, low key, good, good ball placement there. But here's the thing, man. This is what people don't people don't talk about because they don't have to because the Eagles are really damn good. But they got they got a ton of free agents next year, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yep. Marcus, Marcus Epps, um, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, both safeties, Kaiser White, T.J. Edwards, Javon Hargrave. Is Bradbury a free agent? Bradbury, Fletcher. Cuy- I want to say like. 70, uh, like I want to say, like six guys on the starting defense are free agents, it's more than 50%, you sure. know. Um, so, but that and that that trickles down, actually. That's a good segue into Miles Sanders, I think, actually, because even if they wanted to reward Miles Sanders, they just they can't, you, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, percent. Oh, you know, nobody can be, and nobody can be mad about it, you know, even if they changed their philosophical. Uh, you know, approach to like paying running backs and they wanted to do it. They can't do it this year because they have to pay those, those other guys first, you know? And I thought it was interesting how it McSh- was McShay in the, yeah, McShay's got him the- drafting the
0: top five running back. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, dude, if it's a luxury pick and uh you feel like you're good everywhere else, maybe they they go away from their their philosophy, but that's it's just yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, you just
0: named so many defensive guys that are going to be free agents next year that and howie loves building through the defensive line that I I do not see yeah. I do not see a top 5 pick going to be John Robinson. If I'll yeah. tell you this, I'll pull I'll pull Craig Carton and I'll and I'll uh if if Howie takes a top 5 pick at a at running back? Yeah. I will uh, walk across the Ben Franklin bridge in nothing but a speedo. Back okay. And
1: if to New okay. Jersey and back. Yeah. And then you have to in go to window. jail. Yeah. Then you have to go to jail for securities fraud.
0: No, 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 They have a, they have a, they have a sidewalk.
1: Oh, okay. That was me <laughs> making a bad joke about, uh, about, about him being a criminal. By the way, can uh, I have to say real quick, I don't know Craig Carden. I never met Craig Carden. Some people say he's a good dude or whatever. They just do it and act like everybody else. like, how many people are qualified or would be good to like, take that next step up and get like a, a show at Fox or uh, a shift at WFAN, but where it's to the point of recycling people who come out of jail, like, Oh yeah. How many get hard out of jail and, and, yeah.
0: and go get a, a, a primetime spot.
1: He got, not only did he get a prime, did he get a prime spot at WFAN? He got his own show on Fox There's Sports 1. So I <laughs> guess the lesson here, Pagan is that we got to rip people off and sell them fake tickets or some shit.
0: Yeah, just have a, a crippling uh, gambling addiction too. Yeah, and lose yeah our fam- exactly. we got to lose our families in the process. You got to remember to do that too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Really, exactly. really good
0: Showtime documentary. I'll, I'll admit, I'll admit. Okay. Uh, Showtime did a very good documentary. I didn't know who Craig Carton was before he went to jail for securities fraud. So you know what? Who wins in the end?
1: Notoriety, you know. Yeah. Uh, maybe people- press is bad press. Maybe the people, yeah, maybe I've had it wrong this entire time. Maybe maybe bad uh, publicity is good publicity, you know? Who's one of the night guys at uh, at WIP? Tim Kelly?
0: Tim T- Kelly's got to commit Kelly. securities
1: fraud. Yeah, Tom Kelly's got to commit Tom securities T- fraud. He'll probably, probably get an Angelo show. Yeah, or it's like Tom Byrne at the Fanatic. I, didn't he, like, punch a cab driver or something? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did remember, I, did, remember that Kev, did i know that? who
0: tom Byrne is before you just told me that story absolutely not give him the midday show at wip
1: yeah tom Byrne. he used to be he used to be solo they had like a revolving door of solo guys at 97.5 for a long time i remember i think when i came home it was like uh when i moved back to philly it was like dan schwartzman and i think nick Kale did it for a little bit tom Byrne was one of the guys i think he got in a cab i think he like hit a cab driver or some shit i don't know i'd have to google it but like um Maybe I can find that later in the show or something. Go I down a, take a walk down memory of memory lane, you know. So, yeah. I, I just I, I wish I was
0: around with the whole Alicia Lane and the whole uh, what was the, I forget the other guy's name. Larry Menti, Larry yeah. Menti, yeah. that whole shit. Like, no, I yeah. feel like nowadays, you know, we had that little thing with the with the GMA crew that the, the two guys out or the two people out in uh, L.A. I think it was for the GMA thing. They're doing, you know, a little infidelity on yeah. the side and everything. But I feel yeah. like local news and, and local radio personalities. We don't get that anymore. We don't get that, uh, you know, uh, TMZ style stuff. Like everyone's so buttoned up. We were talking about it uh, with with Harry Mays and uh, and Tony mm-hmm. Bruno. Dude, the last time I regularly checked in to sports radio was Harry Mays, Tony Bruno. At, at they had the ten to two, and then right into Mike, and then you would go to Mike. He would go to commercial. You'd flip yeah. the dial over to Innis. Innis would have something to say. He'd go to commercial. You flip the dial back. Dude, it was good. Yeah. I understand that, like. Obviously, nowadays, like even five years ago, it's so different, and I don't think it would really work in this town, you know, forever and stuff, but yeah. I just feel like there's no rivalry right now. Like, there's no rivalry between WIP and 97.5. There's no media rivalry between, like, NBC10, ABC6, CBS3. Now, like, behind the scenes, probably there's a rivalry. They probably all hate each other, which is
1: perfectly fine. Mm. Let that rivalry boil up. I want, I want a rivalry. There's ebbs and flows, you know, to all of this. We're in peacetime right now, you know. Like, I feel like we've been—I
0: feel like we've been like Switzerland for like two or three years now. Like, I want Palestine. Fuck, I want the fucking Gaza Strip yeah. between between uh, WIP and, uh, and 97.5.
1: Yeah, there's got to be like some West Jerusalem shit going on here sometime soon. Yeah, it's, it's not, we can't manufacture. We can, we can. We can't. Well, I mean, usually with radio wars, they, they those stories just write themselves. You know, we're not like, you know contriving stuff and making it up like those guys do it to them themselves but it's like this this is here's the truth right here it's like WIP just owns the ratings you know
0: yeah
1: well it's almost like I hate to say it I don't mean to be like disrespectful but I'll give you a sports analogy for it it's like um WIP is Ohio State right um they're focused on like Michigan I don't even know who Michigan is at this point but then it's like Who's an Ohio State rival? It's not Michigan. Michigan State. State. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, is the fanatic Penn State at this point? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's not. I think
0: it's think that's good. Like a top ten team, top twelve yeah. team every year, except never gets into the playoff and never gets like the the respect. Like they're always, you know, they're a good team, yeah. great, you know, great AD or a uh, great athletic program, you know, billion yeah. billion dollar athletic program, but they're not Ohio State and Michigan.
1: State. Yeah, you was, can't create something if it's not the you know if it's not competitive. Like if one team has won, you know x amount of books in a row then it's not even you can't even call it a rivalry or anything like that you know what i'm saying like uh even for the longest time like ohio state beat michigan a bunch of times in a row you know until the last two years you know so how can you call something a rivalry if it hasn't been competitive you know yeah i mean i i I was watching back the episode you guys did the other day that was really good i thought it was i thought it was cool how harry was talking about uh you you asked him like hey what's your dream like show to work on and he said like man i think i did it you know, like those those years with like Bruno and Eunice, and um, you know, you'd do the the uh, the crossover with Mikey Miss, where they'd both be on together for like ten minutes. That was some of the funniest, like most entertaining radio I've ever listened to. And then they went through their, um, you know, their cycle of guys who were like solo at night or whatever. I have a radio take for you, actually, for all the people out there. I loved Joe DeCamera solo at the fanatic um, on nights. I actually thought he was better. I liked him better solo. Then with Richie, not um not a Richie take, not an anti richie take, but I think Joe just like as a solo guy was just like like just focused and talked sports and it was just a good solid like show with no bullshit, no like posturing or anything. I thought that was like a pretty underrated show to be to be quite honest, you know.
0: You think it's because nowadays like there's so much fucking content out there that like you have to be able to <laughs> individualize yourself really so sometimes you know the hottest of hot takes you know something that everyone can just freak out about something that can everyone just focus on or stuff not many people focus on well we've talked about this that pragmatism will probably work best nowadays because there are so many hot take artists so maybe pragmatism is is an individualistic quality but i don't know i mean i see it all the time with like espn and fox sports one with ocho now and everything that it's just like i feel like the hottest of hot takes still boil to the top And we still only want to talk about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, at some point you'd think like, hey, why don't I just do the complete opposite here? Like we were doing another show. Isn't like pragmatism the hottest take now? Like just being like normal, having a normal show and just shooting the shit or whatever. I do think I do think you have a point in there, though. I think 2014, 2015, you know, like when those when Fnatic versus WIP was kind of at its prime, like podcasts existed but they weren't they the proliferation of them was not anywhere near what it is now i think there's so much stuff out there that is just so saturated with content but yeah i think it's harder to find a way to stand out or, or rise above all that stuff or do carve out like a niche or, or something unique you know i think that's why crossing broad is always done um well yeah thanks man i'm trying to wipe the i don't have any boogers here i just my <laughs> nose is like itchy I don't have to blow my nose it's just like it's something is itching me in there so i'm doing like the half
0: you know you do sound a little bit like shit but not as bad as i thought you would sound
1: no i do you ever have one of those ones where like your uh your face is like just pounding like your face is throbbing because you're you feeling it you
0: feeling in the cheeks you feel it a little bit on the side of the nose oh yeah, I, I, yeah
1: dude i feel like i could i feel like i need to take my hat off and take a drill and just do like a little just just like a little incision right here just to really relieve a little bit of pressure you know what need I mean? a little bit of neti pot get a neti pot I used to use Neti Pot back in the day. Actually, I'll tell you a story about allergies on our sports show. Um, Augusta, <laughs> Georgia was where I started my career. Right, it was like the worst allergy yeah. city in, in America. Like, the thing they don't tell you about the Masters is that the Masters is beautiful, but you can't fucking breathe down there because of all the like, you know, green and foliage and flowers and stuff like that. It's like you not you an allergy have- guy. Never had allergies. See, now here's a theory. Maybe we have an allergy specialist in the chat here somewhere. Maybe somebody knows one. I didn't have allergies my entire life. I moved down to Georgia. I started seeing that thick film of shit on my car every spring, like green stuff. You could draw, draw your name in it, right? So I had it bad down there. I used a neti pot, and I took like a licor and all that stuff. And when I came back to Pennsylvania, I started getting bad allergies again up here. And my take, Pagans, is that I think I was compromised forever by my two and a half years living in Georgia, that it killed my allergy immunity. And now I suffer yearly. Hmm. Like Grant Wall
0: wearing a positive LGBTQ shirt Mm -hmm. and then winding up with an aneurysm
1: at the World Cup. Now, here's my question for you. (laughs) Grant Wall's wife says that he died of an aortic aneurysm. So doesn't matter, Kev. was (laughs) Was he murdered by the Qataris or was it the vaccine?
0: Kev, I've already developed my take. If I'm out there and I'm in the queue. I'm in the QAnon area over there. I've already developed my take. You can't tell me anything. Grant Wall's wife can't tell me anything because you know why? The FBI, the intelligence agencies, they all got to her. They all got to her, and she was forced to put out this statement. It was the vaccine. It was the Qataris. It was the air conditioning at the World Cup just Mm -hmm. infecting everybody.
1: Yeah. Something's going on. She's an epidemiologist. I mean, for all we know, she may be responsible for killing him, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's I funny like too because we you know like it's not necessarily anything to laugh about but now we're six days out but like this shit that was said about grant wall like less than 24 hours like when this guy died his oh. body had not even flown back to the united states yet like all these people like oh they fucking murdered him or uh, you know they you know he uh he got like 17 boosters and he died it's like can we, like are we like beyond the point of like just showing respect to the dead And his brother Uh, didn't have the part of the problem is that his brother came out and said, like, oh, they killed him. Yeah. Well, that's
0: why I immediately was like Khashoggi. They Khashoggi them. Like, I was like, you know what? I was at dinner. I got the I got the our Slack chat was going off and I was like looking at it. I was like, oh, my God, the guy died. Like the media thing, the first thing that goes to I mean, people love conspiracy theories. I mean, that's yeah, the reason just, why there's so many conspiracy yeah. theory podcasts out there is why YouTube is just controlled by conspiracy theories. It's why yeah. Kyrie has gone off. It's why Kanye has gone off in the last you know, couple of months and whatnot. Like people yeah. fucking love conspiracy theories and the underbelly of yeah. what's really going on. Like people just can't sit there and just be like, this is life." there's got, always got to be something underneath.
1: Here's Everyone's the thing. We've got a, a mission. I look at this differently because I came from like a quote unquote big, big J background, you know? And so like, there's part of me that the, the, the non jaded, non burned out part of me still feels like there's a little bit of a real journalist in here somewhere, you know? And it's like, at some point, man, we just went way off the rails where I don't know what we did or if it was even our fault or whatever, but so few people trust the media now and trust science and trust like experts and shit like that. And it's like, the, the level of discourse is the worst that it's that it's ever been. And I'm not even, like, taking a political side here or or anything. I just, like, one of the biggest problems is that like, we got to get people to, like, trust us and believe us again. And here, I'll give you a hot take, too. I think, like, Crossing Broad is one of the more legit media outlets, if you want to call us a media outlet, in the city, as far as trying to call it down the middle. Like, we don't, like, really take one side or another. Like, we try to be fair about shit, you know? And, like, with the Grant Wall thing, it's, like, I mean, people got their mind made up. Nothing's going to change their mind. Like, if you thought it was a vaccine thing, you're going to always think it's a vaccine thing. If you think the Qataris fucking executed him or something, like, they're going to think that. I just think it's, like, kind of crazy how people are never going to change their minds. But I, I don't I don't look at that and yell at those people. I look inside and I say, well, what can we in the media do better to get people to, like, trust us again, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a number of things. It's social media. I mean, I think it's a lot of things where, like, the silver-tongued snake oil salesman. you know, maybe they used to just be, you know, in uh you know walla walla washington or down in topeka kansas but now we have a phone and we have youtube and if you're a silver-tongued oil salesman and you're a good talker man you can convince anyone on anything i mean hey listen who whom's among us hasn't taken a little bit of a five ten milligram edible and just we'll go on, on youtube and seeing what's all on the interwebs
1: oh, i love right. it man i mean, the End up, baby. Yeah, End the up. mind, the mind is a very creative thing. I mean, what are the, the borders of the imagination? I don't I don't know what they are. They can, you know, it's like uh, it's like Ted Nugent and the Amboy Dukes. We're, we're going on a journey to the center of the mind here. You know, I don't get that reference, but okay. yeah, it's dating myself. That's like a 1960s song, I think. Let me answer F per here. Uh, Messi and Mbappe making the final in Qatar since they own PSG. Yeah, ironica, You're seeing pagan and angry Lionel Messi, like a motivated, pissed-off Lionel Messi. This is my soccer minute on the program. Um, Messi was, like, annoyed with the Dutch. He called somebody a bobo uh, after nope. the game. Okay. I think that means stupid. Like he said, bobo, something bobo. So he called him stupid. I think he called the ref stupid. I like a pissed-off Lionel Messi, you know? I think it's going to be an interesting final Argentina and France. Uh, uh, I have one question.
0: If Messi wins the world cup, is his legacy more looked at uh, is he, is he higher on the uh, totem pole than Ronaldo?
1: Yeah, but I think that's such a bullshit kind of thing because the world cup is like, you can only be as good as your country is, you know, like you had guys who were ballers who played for like small African nations and like you know, there weren't just weren't a lot of like good players. Team out of there. Say so, so what? Uh, Samuel Eto'o, Didier Drogba. DDA, I oh, Yeah, yeah. Didier Drogba. I mean, the people like the Ivory Coast was a good team. But it's like they're not Argentina, so it's mm-hmm. like I don't know how do you compare Portugal and Argentina? Like I, I don't know. It's so, it's so subjective. I think it's, I think the Messi versus Ronaldo thing is even stupider than like what do we argue about here? LeBron versus. Jordan Jordan or whatever. I don't know. Judas priest versus iron maiden. I don't know. it's, it's so, it's so fucking contrived. It's true. That is true. Judas good. priest versus
0: iron maiden. That is, yeah, that is a, that is a debate, you know, that will go down
1: in history. No one will yeah. ever have a, a side there. Um, so, full disclosure. We're trying to get squilla on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So full disclosure, we are trying to get councilman member, uh, Mark squilla, who is, why is that name, uh, mean anything to you? Because, there is a giant stadium that'll be built in uh, outside of Chinatown in the next twelve years. Outside of Chinatown, if you're looking at the city and it's gridlocked, uh, Councilman Scuola is right now. Uh, he is. Uh, we have him scheduled for January seventeenth. Busy man, busy man. Yeah. So we'll say that, and we'll talk about the. Uh, we'll talk about the. Uh, He's a nuance. He's a he's a neutral party of of, of the uh, of the stadium, so he'll be able to give us the best. But you had an article today that I know has upset the masses. But you've also had some people who have agreed with you. Uh, you've gone toe to toe with the people that the stadium is not in Chinatown. It is in technically Market East. What was
1: you? What was your point of that whole article? Just to get the facts right, you know, I mean, we're at a very early stage of this story, right? Look, I mean, they're still in like a discovery and like approval phase for all of this stuff here. They're not even slated to begin construction on this thing until 2028, you know. But I feel like the nuance is important because I, I read these tweets and I read these stories and whatnot. And, they and you know, some people are saying, like, don't build the stadium in Chinatown or stadium in Chinatown or whatever. And Stadium's not in Chinatown technically like so you see on the image here the front of the stadium faces market street that's part of um the quote-unquote fashion district which makes me laugh my ass off every single time like the philadelphia fashion district is like a like a marshall's and like a lids you know so it's like fashion baby yeah that's i guess that's what we call fashion in philadelphia but um they're going to demolish part of that and they're going to put the stadium up here now now so the line of demarcation here is that you see filbert so, like, the back end of the stadium here is going to go to where the Greyhound bus terminal mm-hmm. uh, currently is. What people need to understand about that is that the bus terminal was already in the process of being relocated. Yes. So, this that just got wrapped into the Sixers purchasing the adjacent property. So, that was something that was already in the pipeline. They knew they needed to relocate that and do something with that. So, they said, hey, the Sixers purchased this part of land here. Why don't they purchase this as well? And then they're going to help in moving the the Greyhound Terminal. Now, I don't know about you, Pagan. You live in the city now. I haven't been in the city, living in the city in two years, but I, I lived in the city for 10. Um, spent a lot of time in this area. I went to a million shows at the Trocadero. I have always felt, because I can't find any official kind of like wording or confirmation or like city map or whatever, but I've always felt like Chinatown begins at Arch. Um, But, Ch- but Chinatown to me
0: begins at Vine Street Expressway because I'm, I've yeah. always lived north of, of Chinatown. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. And when I think of Market East and I think of the fashion district and I think of down there, I just think of a lot of land that's never been utilized and I don't even think of Chinatown, honestly.
1: Yeah, and so I always felt like when you come around that corner there um, where the Trocadero used to be, which is coming back, by the way, you see the friendship arch, right? Mm -hmm. The big thing that kind of like is is the like, uh, you know, quote unquote, like, welcome to Chinatown indicator. I've heard people say that it goes down to, there's a, there's like an alleyway further down called cuthbert i think and then you get the filbert there but if you go further west the reading terminal market goes past filbert and it goes to arch uh you can see that actually like right below the p in 76 place that's the reading terminal market so there are parts that extend beyond and into chinatown and the convention center was built in chinatown and the vine street Expressway was built in chinatown and so i think the point of me writing the article was like hey we're gonna be talking about we're gonna be doing a lot of talking about this over the years like, let's just get the verbiage straight like understand the nuance of like they're building it next to chinatown it's technically not in the chinatown borders And i think that's like important because it's not they're not they're not like demolishing some they're not you know knocking down yakitori boy and like you know displacing you know your grandmother or whatever right like the stuff is the stuff that they're knocking down now is is a shitty part of the quote-unquote fashion district that is probably going to fail and go bankrupt anyway
0: Yeah, it will not be there. The fashion district as it is today will not be there in in 12 years or whenever when this is supposed to happen. So, like, I'm going to ask you, are you you for are you against are you neutral on the whole Sixers stadium
1: in the city? I'm kind of neutral. I don't care one way or another, to be quite honest. I understand why they would want their own stadium because they're, they're tenants in the Wells Fargo Center. A lot of people say there's nothing wrong with the Wells Fargo Center. There's nothing wrong with the sports complex. And it's true. Right. But, but, but the scissors are renters in that building and anybody who's rented for long enough and dealt with a landlord, no matter how much you like your landlord or how good your landlord is, they probably at some point want to get out and be in control of your own thing. You know what I'm saying? You know, and have your property and instead of paying a lump sum to Comcast every year, like you make your investment and you own this place and you have every single say in it, you know? So that's nothing, you know, nothing nothing wrong with either one of those things i don't think those ideas are mutually exclusive i i understand that the sixers want their own thing but i also probably agree there's nothing wrong with the sports complex at the same time well as Farger is is actually pretty nice now i think it's an underreported story like all the money the comcast put into yeah. it um i'm skeptical of a downtown arena just because i don't i think you could give. you talk about nine years from now them having to get septa under control in, in that area i think you could give septa 90 years and they wouldn't be running a reliable operation so i you know i'm but it's I feel different. like if I, a
0: billionaire. I, yeah. I feel like if a couple billionaires wanted to get it under control, they could get it under control. Money talks in a city.
1: Well, and I think here's the thing you have to ask, or, or this is important too. And I don't want to. I want everybody to hear this very loudly and very clearly because there's some dipshit on Twitter like accusing me already of being like on the Sixers payroll or whatever. <laughs> um, I don't. We have, fond- we have
0: wrote two kind of positive articles. David Ottoman. Did share the one so yeah like, look no
1: here's here's the obvious thing we have an existing relationship with the sixers because i was credentialed and covered the team for four i know all those people of course right we will get to know the people running the chinatown groups who are voicing opposition and we'll have them on this show you know maybe we'll get Adelman, um you know on like a tuesday and then we'll have like some chinatown people on like a thursday or something we'll do a fair and balanced. we're not gonna bullshit people i not gonna take one side or another because we don- really don't care to be quite honest um but I think what people got to understand from the Chinatown perspective is like that neighborhood has been bisected and influenced by a lot of big projects over the years, like Convention Center, Vine Street, all that stuff. So I think there's a historic heart historically, like the people who have been living in Chinatown for a while are going to fight against anything because they've seen their footprint shrink over the years. You know, And that's what they think is going to happen here. You know? you
0: ha- and obviously they're getting like yelled at and, and they're getting like, you know, obviously the people who oppose it are, you know, the, the loudest voice in the room. Mm-hmm. But you got to think there are people who run some businesses who are like, I'd love for this to come in. I'd love to get more traffic to my restaurant or to my business or to, to, to something else. Like there has yeah. to be people who are actually on this, but they're just getting overshadowed and overshadowed by the opposition because it is so loud.
1: Well, it's true. And I mean, it's like shamed they had a, they had a meeting last night, Wednesday night, that was live streamed on Facebook, which was mm-hmm. from a opposition group that is not participating in like the sessions with the Sixers. Um, right. So they're forming like a, you know, this. they're, they're not participating because they don't want to, or because. They're vehemently like anti-stadium and they're always going to be anti-stadium. So they won't even come
0: to the table and try to understand what the Sixers
1: want. Right. Yeah. So there are multiple Chinatown groups, right. That, you know, you know, Asian Americans United I think it's one like AAU, and then there's others with that may be have a different take on the stadium for sure. So it's not it's it's incorrect for people to think that like all of Chinatown believes one thing or all of Chinatown believes another thing. I mean, yeah, you could say like hey, if some guy takes the subway down for a game and they come over to my um, my restaurant on Arch Street or whatever, that might be a positive thing. But then you have other people who say like, well, you know, there's going to be some dickhead driving circles around where the Trocadero used to be looking for parking so that he can walk three blocks to the Sixers stadium. So I get it. And like what I would do pagan, if we had like a Chinatown rep on the show, I would just ask him basic questions straight up. Like what's the like main thing you're concerned about this arena, right? Do you think it's going to create traffic in Chinatown? Do you think it's going to displace people? Like most simple explanation, simplest terms, because you talk about gentrification, all this bullshit. You can go on for days talking about all that stuff. Yeah. But like, Hey, what concerns you the most about this arena being next door to the neighborhood? You know, like we're in a very early phase with all this stuff. That's like, what i what i would ask you know but this is
0: 12 more years of this it feels like it's coming around the corner and we still have to talk about this for 12 more years it's
1: it's gonna get worse well this is the most important part of it to be quite honest because you're in like the approval phase of all this stuff you know and then from there it's pretty much gravy there's nothing that they can really do to to go back on and then it will go to like demolition and you know planning and then demolition at at that point like nobody's gonna change anybody's mind maybe also i think the other thing too that. People should consider is that like Kenny is like a lame duck, right? And he's going to be leaving soon. Uh, Helen Gim is running for mayor, and she's an Asian woman, and has been pretty closely tied to the Chinatown community over the years. So there will be political turnover in city hall. Um, I feel like
0: you think she runs on the anti uh, anti stadium platform could get some voters.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I, you know, do you remember? Do you remember a couple of years ago when I think Rendell came back and they tried to do like the safe injection site in South Philly? And like, oh yeah, South I remember girl, that woman just fucking taking him to task. Oh man, the South Philly moms just like shoved their foot up his ass, you know, or whatever. But the equivalent—I'll give you like an equivalent for this. So you know how like Washington Avenue was the big divider down there. Mm-hmm. Imagine if they did like a built like the arena one block north of Washington Avenue, right? But then all these articles were saying like, oh, Sixers Arena in South Philly, you know. They
0: would be it's like, not, Sixers are in an Italian market. That's what they would say. He's going to displace the Italian market.
1: Yeah, it's not, it will have an effect on that neighborhood, but it's technically, it's not, it's not technically in that neighborhood. So I think the way, I think us framing it correctly is a big deal because I think it changes how people perceive whatever. I think part of the problem too, Kyle, is like people who don't live in the city and aren't familiar with the city just latch yes. onto these ideas yeah. of like, hey, they're, this is this or this. Is this. I mean, it's, it's Center City, fucking Philadelphia. This is not Burks County. Everything is very densely p- packed and there's not a lot of, room to, to build stuff to begin with. So I, I just, we are champions for, for nuance across and crossing broad. I like to,
0: I like to think. I want it. You want I mean, it? I'm going to be, I'm going to be what? 40 by the time it gets built. So like I'll, probably in all intents and purposes be out of the city but like i i I want it i mean i know what goes on down there like i I, there's nothing down there right now i know it'll revitalize the city some of my favorite stadiums are fenway park and and wrigley field both built in neighborhoods and both have surrounding bars where you get to basically drink your face off and touch the stadium at the same part at the same time yeah um for the people who are like i love having the uh the stadiums down in south philadelphia altogether i i understand that too but now you get kind of the best of both worlds you get your piss soaked fucking uh uh parking lots you know to to go build your tailgates and do your setups and everything and yeah. now you get you know a center city place and for the people who say there's no parking i gotta you know rely on septa and everything i do really think that if billionaires do get together and and they're like hey septa like this is a really big uh, money making opportunity for you guys yeah uh, you know let's get our shit under control i think they will especially with all the parking garages and stuff around there too i just
1: yeah i think people just
0: love to bitch i also go back to the fact that like we didn't even have uber 9 10 years ago so what do you think about the technolog- technological advances we'll have in, in 10 12 years in in terms of transportation and and parking and, and all this other stuff so once yeah. again it's 12 years from now i'm for it uh, because I don't think anything happens to that fashion district, and it just goes back to being a shitty place. I mean, if you remember the gallery, and I feel like a lot of people don't remember the gallery, but when we used to when we used to take the R5 into Suburban and then walk underneath to go catch the pack, go to a nice little Dave Matthews concert, huff little balloons and sit on the lawn, yeah. um, it was shit. The gallery was absolute shit. I mean, it was unfortunately just homeless people laying on. It smelled like piss. It smelled like throw, but it, it, it was so bad in there that like it was actually like looked upon as very positive when they were going to build the fashion district on it my <laughs> problem is the fashion district has a ross and it has an amc movie theater and it has some yeah. other you know some, some other business like that, ultra, sugar, ultra
1: beauty spot. yeah the
0: sugar factory was in there i don't even think yeah. it's in there anymore and stuff no, like just no. it's already has stuff that's closing and so if you want it this is. huge you know two block three block mega you know complex um sitting there abandoned and and you want to talk about you know crime being bad around the uh around
1: around the stadium if, if if uh it gets built well
0: crime's gonna be really bad down there on Market East
1: well yeah and I would hate for here's the last thing I would say about this I would hate for Chinatown to like fight this and defeat it only for then some like fucking developer to come in mm-hmm. there and put like three huge towers up mm-hmm. there without without asking the community anything at all you know because yeah, that's probably what happens the next <laughs> they don't have to like I mean that's that area is zoned for that kind of stuff. So like some guy could come in and say, fuck y'all, I'm not gonna listen to anything that you have to say. I'm not gonna well, sit at sit at your meeting, you know?
0: That so, really annoys me about what you said about that one Chinatown group that won't even meet with with the Sixers. Like that's where you lose me. At least come to the table, at least come to the middle and try to you don't have to agree with everybody's yeah, everybody's yeah. uh viewpoints, you don't have to agree with with all the uh with everything you you say or what they want to do and stuff, but at least yeah. meet. At least meet. Well there you were know, sixers. The sixers and I was
1: say the same thing if the Sixers didn't want to meet with the Chinatown uh, executives or community. Yeah, there were, see if I can clarify this a little, there were Sixers people at the meeting last night, but there's like a larger group, I think, that's like they're meeting consistently, and they're part of the whole conversation discourse, and this particular group is not is not partaking in that, but I think like,
0: makes sense. yeah, I
1: think a couple of Sixers reps were at the thing last night. I tried listening to a little bit of it, but there was a lot of people speaking straight up Mandarin, and then they had a translator. So it was hard to maybe I can watch the rest of it later today, but it's hard to kind of follow along just because they were switching back and forth between English and and Mandarin, you know. Uh
0: when do you think Bob's coming back on? Never. <laughs> he was probably like,
1: like <laughs> He probably just manufactured. He's probably like, "Oh, Kevin." He, would, he
0: would have. He would have. He would have pulled all. He would have slid out of the frame during the whole Chinatown uh, Sixers conversation. you
1: yeah, think Bob's got Bob, who has been out on the Sixers for like five years anyway. I think he's got strong Chinatown takes. Probably not Bob, who no.
0: Bob who doesn't come into the city unless he has to work a Phillies game, and then gets right yeah. back on the Walt Whitman to go back over
1: to South Jersey. We should be the official crossing broad. I believe should take ownership of the Chinatown story. We, we should, should be the leader. We should mean yeah. you up there mediating. Yeah, we should. We've a, brought in 2 we've, yeah, we've brought in two neutral parties. I want everybody to in, to meet Kyle Pagan and Kevin Kincaid from the media from the journalism outlet crossing yeah. broad. Yeah. I and think they would
0: look at me and be like, that guy's on the on the on the Sixers yeah. payroll. They'd be like that guy. No, I know. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Who, who are these two whiteies here, you know, whatever. But I but I think yeah, I mean, I honestly think we would be pretty good at it. I think we're good people. Persons, people, people. Is it what am I? People, persons. You, got, you to? gotta do your best, right? Yeah. You can only I try think to we do bring people together. We don't, and we don't like we cut through the bullshit too. But like, yo, let's just be honest here. You tell me what the problem is, and we'll get it all logged here. But let's just start basically, because like, like Miss Teen South Carolina said back in the day, not all Americans have maps. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't identify the Iraq. Uh, mm-hmm. On on the map, so that's what we're here for,
0: you know. Why was it again? Why they didn't have maps? Because
1: schools are poor
0: or something like that. Uh,
1: let's uh, let's pull this up and we'll get it to Craig. Craig, do you have the Tom Byrne thing um, first? On do the you want to uh, go back
0: to the Tom Byrne thing about him beating up a cabbie?
1: No, I confirm. I found the uh, the um, the link to the <laughs> to the story that <laughs> Kyle wrote. Back in the day. He used to find these like terrible pictures of people, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> What's was, Tom uh, burn
0: up to now? Is he still on the radio or no? Um, I
1: think he does serious. Um See, once again, man, I got to see the guy's got a serious job. Like, yeah, this is um, beat
0: up a cabbie.
1: This was t- 10 years ago. I can't believe it. Yeah. Um Yeah. Kyle used to find the worst pictures of these people and put them. Up listen, on listen. <laughs> This is like I, this is like the heyday of Crossing Broadband. I
0: mean, I've like, seen that guy at Ladder 15. Yeah. I've seen that guy at McGillin's and Brew. That guy's definitely beat up a cabbie once in
1: uh, a That is a while Ladder come. 15 guy right there, if I've ever seen one. Yeah. I mean, what, do you,
0: what do you think we're working here? It's not a Rolex. It's probably like a... Uh, yeah. uh I'm trying to think. There's a C1 that, that Eli used to uh, yeah. used to advertise for. Here, but, scroll um,
1: down there a bit, Craig, if you don't mind here.
0: Um, I got to... Yeah, I got to... We got to... Yeah. Somewhere Patrick Kane is applauding. Yeah. Craig, you're you're
1: I'm yeah. we had to wake Craig up. He may have fallen asleep again during the-
0: <laughs> 97 97.5. The Fanatic evening host Tom Byrne was arrested on Monday night for beating a cab driver. Dan Gross is a detail. Byrne, who turns 31. Wow. 31 next week. Well, he didn't look 31 was arrested around 2 a.m. Monday after a cab driver told police that he had been punched repeatedly by Byrne whom he picked up a few minutes earlier at 12th and Sampson. So, I mean, that's McGillen's.
1: That's, uh, yes, that is that's Douchebag Row right yep. there.
0: Yeah, yeah McGillen's time's over there. Uh, oh, well, this is 10 years ago, so who knows what was <laughs> over there. The driver told police that Byrne asked him to pull over at 6th and Pine Streets. Okay, so we got a guy living in, uh, uh, what's that, Society Hill over there. It's a nice little yeah. spot. Little old houses. I never, liked, I never liked going to my buddy's places over at like, sixth and pine they were always nice on the exterior but man everything was so like not updated back then yeah if you um, want to if
1: you want to feel like if you want to have the experience of being ben franklin living here yeah. 200 years ago that's where you yeah, got
0: i got a four-bedroom apartment but the thing is still only 1200 square feet it's like well how the fuck does that make yeah sense?
1: your your bathroom is also your kitchen
0: yeah point. yeah people have to walk through your room your roommates have to walk through your room to get to the bathroom that was always fun yeah um wow. So, he tr- so when the driver asked for payment of $5, Jesus Christ, 97 5 pay the man. He says, Byrne refused to pay and said, I'm a celebrity. This is mine. My- and this, what was, I'm a celebrity. This is my neighborhood.
1: What are you going to do about it? What was this guy doing? He's doing overnights? No, he was doing like six to 10, I, I want to say, at the Fanatic. He was like solo nights. So he was pre-ESPN Mike and Mike. Oh, no, uh, oh, he was 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Yeah, yeah, evenings. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. So, so this is like Joe Giglio going to a cab driver and be like, I'm not paying the $5 fare. I'm too fucking famous.
1: That would be like Joe Giglio saying, do you know who I am? Yeah, And then punching a cab driver. And repeated. Punching the cab driver. Yeah. yeah.
0: After the driver began to follow Byrne down the street, Byrne grabbed the complainant's glasses and knocked them off his face. Defendant punched complainant in face several times and dragged him, said Officer Tanya Little, quoting the arrest report. 6 to 10 yeah. p.m. Yep. Yeah. And you're beating up cab drivers. It's like Devon Givens beating up cab drivers while we while we lead into the Sixers or the Flyers.
1: Yeah, they. Um, I don't know if Tom did another shifted fanatic after that. I know he's doing serious now, but um, I can never get the timeline right because I think Schwartz, Dan Schwartzman, was doing nights from like 2010 to 2012, and I think Tom was next. And I want to say that like Nick Kale came up after him. I mean, oh no, so he worked. So, okay, so Tom on his LinkedIn, it says he was at the Fanatic from 2009 to January 2013. So, yeah, he was gone shortly after.
0: But he's still got three years. He's still got three years. And I feel like today, yeah, if Joe Joe is beating up a cab driver, sorry, he's probably not getting the middays at WIP.
1: He was doing, um, you know what it was? It was the Mad Dog Sports Radio on uh, oh. serious. Yeah, serious. XM.
0: I, I mean, that. what a fucking douchebag. First, you're 31. You're, you're. Well, I'm probably still be partying at McGowan's in time and all that at 31. But first of all, I'll, I'll know I'm. A, I, at least I can admit that I'm a douchebag. But you're a douchebag, 31 years old, beating up cab drivers over five dollars worth of pay for a cab, for a cab fee, and yeah. saying I'm a celebrity in this town. This is my neighborhood, and you're doing six to 10 p.m. on the second leading station in the city. What the fuck that! That what a complex.
1: Yeah. That'd be me. That'd be like me pulling that card. You know, like, yeah, don't You know me. who I am? I'm the yeah. guy who rips Howard Eskin on Crossing Broad.
0: You know? <laughs> don't you read me? Yeah, don't yeah. you know who I am? I'm the one who never the- heard of like Crossing Broad fans, dude. Yeah. Come on. Have yeah. you seen me on TikTok? Yeah. Have you seen one time? Only one time have I tried to use my TikTok clout. One oh, yeah. Time. Did you? T- yeah. How did it go? We were down in Avalon and uh this is already sounding douchey that i'm in avalon um we're down in avalon i forgot my id at home yeah. back in philly so obviously you know my, my cousin was coming the next day she went to my house got the id and everything thank god there was a guy who looked like me so we just did passbacks yeah, but yeah. i literally had my tiktok account up being like hey listen i don't know if you've seen me before but i do like eagles interviews and stuff <laughs> and I, I was and i was like uh, saying it out loud in my mind and i was like you are the biggest fucking douche in the world but all my wow. buddies were going to
1: spring the the springfield no no that's springfield the princeton they're going to the white prior oh the prince no no they're going to the princeton oh, they're man. going to princeton you I got into me. the princeton by telling somebody do you know no. who i am on tiktok
0: no. no i did not get into the princeton some oh, guy man. came out my cousin came out gave me some guy who looks like me's id and we got yeah. in i'm th- gonna be 30 years old in february and I'm,
1: I'm i'm still trying to get into uh princeton with fake ids by the way, don't you love how in college the the girls could just take their friend's license to the bar and it didn't look anything like them and like their hair color was different or something and they just show it to the bouncer and they're like, yeah, come on. in." Yeah, I had to go to another neighborhood in Morgantown and find some shady dude to make me a fake New Jersey ID <laughs> just so I could get into it. I don't even think I used my fake ID to... Uh, to go to the bar I think I used it to get into like a 21 and over like heavy metal show in like Pittsburgh or something I, I think it was overkill. like a it was an overkill show I have it signed by the band the band signed my uh fake ID that I used to get into the
0: what was it a gram of meth and a, a free ID with every gram of
1: meth you bought I, I think I, I think I gave the guy like a six pack of like Natty or some shit it was <laughs> there's nobody drank good beer back then it was all fucking terrible yeah it was like and the guys from Overkill thought it was funny because back then there was a lot of people from New Jersey who went to school in West Virginia. I don't know why, maybe because we were a big party school and they couldn't get into Rutgers or something, but 99% um, acceptance rate. And the, the, the New Jersey IDs were really, really shitty back then. Like they were very easy to fake because they didn't have the, you know, like the hologram stuff on them or what, this is like 2003 or whatever, you know? And, um, the overkill guys were laughing when I asked them to sign the fake ID because they're like, "Oh, it's in New Jersey, you know," and they're from like Asbury uh, Park. Awesome. or something. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But I don't think I ever used my fake ID to get into the bar. I used it to get into a show in Pittsburgh. So
0: that's that's your personality, though, man. That's that's you to it. That's you in a nutshell. Yeah, that's you in a, that's what I would expect from
1: you. Yeah. To go yeah to that, all kinds of stories like that. Yeah, to maybe get into
0: that, the Trocadero, to get into Union Transfer,
1: you had to use a fake ID or something like that. I wouldn't be shocked if that was like a story you have in your life. Right. So, yeah. I saw Slayer at an ice hockey rink, a <laughs> Mario Lemuse like uh, ice hockey rink out there. They had to change the venue at the last minute. And so they, they put like um they put carpet or something down like over the ice, right? This is in like Belvern in Pennsylvania or something like that. So people figured it out and they started pulling the uh pulling the carpet up. So it was like a like mosh pit on ice or something. It was like sl- slayer on ice. Yeah, <laughs> absolute yeah. mongrels yeah total mongrels yeah i mean western pa mongrels like steeler fans mongrels i mean like they're a special type of uh,
0: not much to do out there except drink old style and and uh yeah, and, oh, and eat eat fries on your on your sandwiches and root for big
1: ben Pennsylvania uh, mongrels yeah by the way real quick that yeah. arena that mario lemieux owned it like collapsed in a snowstorm like 10 years ago like the 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 ice garden in Belvern or some shit like that. Yes, Yinzers. That's correct. Jinsers, yeah.
0: so. Um, before we go, I wanna talk one more thing. Do you wanna do Joel Embiid fans or do you want to or trade me or tra- they want me to trade them or do you want to do Eagles, Bears, quick little thing? Or do you not? I, care here's
1: what right? I want to do real quick. I want Craig to pull up that second YouTube clip that I put in the private chat there. I wanna hear I wanna hear from from this person specifically. Let's see if you can pot this up. This was like one of the original Well, two like, two it up for, it up for people. Yeah. Okay. Well, here you go. This is Miss Teen, South Carolina, uh, USA, answering a question. Ready? This was huge back Recent in Recent polls
0: have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I
1: personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so
0: because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have that, And uh, I believe that our ed- education, like such as in South Africa and mm-hmm. uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and
2: mm-hmm. I
0: believe that they should, uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. Uh, or should help South mm-hmm. Africa. It mm-hmm. yeah. should help the Iraq and the you Asian should... countries. Yeah. So we will be able to build up our future.
1: That's uh, right. Yeah.
2: She should have just said right pass. South Carolina. I think she... Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think if she says pass, like she's
1: probably going to the next round. Like I, I'm just going to pass on that one. Can I get another one? Can I
2: pick she's another got, one? She's
1: got a point, though. I mean, not not everybody has maps, you know, and if we're going to help South Africa and people find where the Sixers arena is in Chinatown, then you got to got
0: to have maps. You know, she definitely thinks South Africa is the same as Congo. Like everything, everything to that woman. (laughs) It's just
1: the southern part of Africa. Yeah, Yeah. like people who think people. There are people who think West Virginia is just like the western portion of (laughs) of uh, Virginia.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I would say it's the better portion, but yeah. No, she definitely thinks there's just it's all Serengeti. Yeah. It's all trees. It's all wildlife in in all of. uh, of But it was good
1: of her to make the distinction and say U.S. Americans as opposed to like african-americans right it's true you know, so u.s american americans and, and right. asian yeah. americans and stuff yeah. so i'm glad she uh I gotta, yeah i gotta be honest with you man i don't really have any thoughts on the embed thing do you
0: i feel bad for uh jake fisher who wrote it he wrote a 1500 words on on a very good article oh, yeah. i think a lot yeah, that uh that covered like, Hey, you know, what do you need to do to be better? you know, what do the guys have to do? You know, how do you get the guys going and stuff? And a lot of the, a lot of the NBA guys are saying how the regular season is boring and whatnot. How do you approach that? Like, There's actually like after the whole, you know, Sixers fans want to trade me. Ha ha ha. I'm laughing, saying it, giggling. um, There were actually some pretty good quotes from Joel Embiid. So I really felt bad for Jake Fisher. And I actually reached out to Jake to see if he wanted to come on. He goes, absolutely not. It, uh, it it take, it took on a mind of its own. Because I've had Jake on, you know, before Crossing Broad. Yeah. Um, he's awesome. Like he's he's right up there, not right up there, but he's like running underneath like shams and woach in terms of like he breaks stories like yeah. all the time now and gets some good inside stuff. Did but, he do, yeah.
1: did he go on with you and Gary? He went on with there? me and
0: Gary, went on with me and Mark. He went on with me solo one time oh, and that. stuff. Like, yeah, he he he's always down to come down, come on and stuff. And yeah. uh really good dude. And he wrote a great book too. Um that i read that that was awesome that gave a lot of insight into uh tanking and, and, and the sixers and stuff but he yeah. i mean nba twitter has it just sucks because bleacher report isolated one quote they put it on a graphic and it's just so easy to retweet it's so easy to you know go with it and it's so easy for people just to get so
1: yeah they take stuff out evil. of context and then all your work is just condensed into some like misconstrued thing
0: mm-hmm. and that's what it was and and, and 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 there's just zero context behind it and I think that kind of wraps up why we uh, are the way we are and why we, you know, distrust people and why we do all this stuff and think about the media the same way we do, because it's just like, you know, you put something on a graphic, you put a cute little image behind it, you tweet it out to your 5 million followers and it just takes on a mind of its own.
1: And if you don't know Embiid or you haven't been around him, like he's, he can be a tough guy to, to transcribe because he, um, he's like a tongue in cheek kind of dude sometimes. (laughs) And he'll use like facial expressions and, things like that that you can't really convey and so yeah yeah huh. uh,
0: um i think the negativity on the sixers is going so far negative that i think maybe i'm coming back around on the positive about the sixers and stuff and i think when tyrese
1: maxey comes back i think they're gonna go on a little bit of a run they've won a bunch of games in a row you know i mean it's like how much can you chalk up to this too of like the regular season nba just sucks ass it sucks you know worst
0: regular season in sports
1: it is yeah yeah so it, it definitely is i mean you and you never know. It's like you know when we came off of the World Series, like you needed a week to decompress, and then most people put their energy towards the Eagles. But when the Eagles are done, uh, you know something's got to fill that vacuum. You
0: know? Pitchers and catchers, baby.
1: Pitchers and catchers. <laughs> Trey's Trey Turner's. Yeah. You know? Trey's. Trey's Turner. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we we do need a good uh, fan group. I don't yeah. think anyone's come up with one yet. So,
1: but yeah, some of the ones that were said in Slack aren't aren't repeatable. While I'm here, so. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, you got anything else before we go? Nah, man. Gonna work on this sinus infection. Hopefully, I didn't. Hope I didn't sound weird. Too weird. Um, but you know, we're we're plugging along here. So. Hey, it's all you can ask for, right?
0: Me and Craig are go gonna be in uh, Chicago this weekend. So I don't know if anyone who listens to this is going with fans huh. of Philly. Fans of Philly are holding us up in Chicago. Uh, 15 degrees, twenty mile twenty mile per hour winds, real bear weather. Um. Right. I've been talking to Craig behind the scenes, like, what should I wear? Because obviously he's a mountain man and everything. So layers. Been, uh, yeah, yeah, sure been, wear layers. Yeah, he's been layers. Yeah. I already had long johns that are being delivered to the hotel because I ordered them too late. Um, <laughs> but we're doing uh, we're doing an Italian beef tour out in Chicago. We're doing uh, we're going to interview at a uh, at an Eagles bar out in Chicago. And then we're going to go to the game wow. and, uh, and, and get the whole fans to fill the experience. So look for those videos in the next week. Um, I'm Kyle. That's Kevin. Thanks to Craig on the ones and twos. We will talk to you when the Eagles are thirteen and one next Tuesday.